Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Welcome to our Rolled Doll series, and we're reading what? What are we reading, Pei? Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Yep, and we're on chapter 10. The family begins to starve. Oy, oy, oy. During the next two weeks, the weather turned very cold. First came snow. It began very suddenly one morning, just as Charlie Bucket was getting dressed for school. Standing by the window, he saw huge flakes drifting slowly down out of the icy sky that was the color of steel. By evening, it lay four feet deep around the tiny house, and Mr. Bucket had to dig a path from the front door to the road. After the snow, there came a freezing gale that blew for days and days without stopping. And oh, how bitter cold it was. Everything that Charlie touched seemed to be made of ice. And each time he stepped outside the door, the wind was like a knife on his cheek. How awful to be freezing all the time, huh, Pei? Mm-hmm. Inside the house, little jets of freezing air came rushing through the sides of the window and under the doors, and there was no place to go to escape them. The four old ones lie silent, huddled in their bed, trying to keep the cold out of their bones. The excitement over the golden ticket had long since been forgotten. Um, long since been forgotten. Hmm. I just lost my place. Boopity boop boop. Oh, nobody in the family gave a thought to how any anything except two vital problems of trying to keep warm and trying to eat. There is something about very cold weather that gives one an enormous appetite. Most of us find ourselves beginning to crave which rich streaming stews and hot apple pies and all kinds of delicious warm dishes. And because we are a great deal luckier than we realize, we usually get what we want or near enough. But Charlie Bucket never got what he wanted because his family couldn't afford it. And the cold weather went on and on. He became ravenously desperate and hungry. Bars of chocolate, the birthday one, and the Grandpa Joe had, that one had Grandpa Joe had bought, had long since nibbled away. And all he got now were those thin, cabbagey meals three times a day. Then, all at once, the meals became thinner. The reason for this was because the toothpaste factory where Mr. Bucket worked suddenly went bust and had to close down. Quickly, Mr. Bucket tried to get another job, but he realized he had no luck. In the end, the only way in which he managed to earn a few pennies was by shoveling snow in the street, but it wasn't enough to even buy a quarter of the food that the seven people needed. The situation became desperate. Breakfast was a single slice of bread for each person now, and lunch was maybe half a half-boiled potato. Slowly but surely, everybody in the house began to starve. Oh my gosh. Yikes. Um, Through the snow, 
Wait a minute. Did I miss a page? Oh. And every day, little Charlie Bucket tr was trudging through the snow on his way to school where he would have to pass Mr. Willy Wonka's giant chocolate factory. Every and every day, as he came near to it, it, he would lift a small pointed nose high in the air and sniff the wonderful sweet smells of melting chocolate. Sometimes he would stand motionless outside the gates for several minutes on end, taking deep, swallowing breaths of it as if he were trying to eat the smell itself. That child, said Grandpa Joe, poking his head up from under the blanket one icy morning. That child has got to have more food. It doesn't matter about us. We're too old to bother with. But a growing boy, he can't go on like this. He's beginning to look like a skeleton. What what can one do, murmured Grandma Josephine, miserably. He refuses to take any of ours. I hear his mother tried to slip her own piece of bread onto his plate at breakfast this morning, but he wouldn't touch it. He made her take it back. He's a fine little fellow, said Grandpa George. He deserves better than this. The cruel weather went on and on. Every day, Charlie grew thinner and thinner, and his face became frighteningly white and pinched. The skin was so was drawn so tight over his cheeks that you could see the shape of his bones underneath. It seemed doubtful whether he could go on much longer like this without becoming dangerously ill. And now, very calmly, with that curious wisdom that seems... To come so often from small children in times of hardship, he began to make little changes here and there, and in some things, and some things he did so as to save strength in the morning. He left his house ten minutes earlier so that he could walk slowly to school without ever having to run. He sat quietly in his classroom during break. Resting himself, where others ran, rushed outdoor and threw snowballs and wrestled in the snow. Everything he did now, he slow, he did slowly and carefully to prevent exhaustion. Then, one afternoon, walking back home with the icy wind in his face and incidentally feeling hungrier than he'd ever felt before, his eye caught something silvery lying in the gutter of the snow. Charlie stepped off of the curb and bent down to examine it. Part of it was buried in the snow, but he saw it at once. It was a 50 pence piece. He quickly looked around him. Had somebody just dropped it? No, that was impossible because of the way it was buried. Several people went hurrying past him on the pavement, their chins sunk deep into the collars of their coats, their feet crunching at the snow. None of them was searching for any money. None of them was taking the slightest notice to a small boy crouching in the gutter. Then, was it his? This 50 pence? Could, it, could he have it? Carefully, Charlie pulled it out from the snow. It was damp and dirty, but otherwise perfect. A whole 50 pence? He held it tightly between his shivering fingers and amazed it and gazed down at it. It meant one thing at that moment. Only one thing it meant, food. Automatically, Charlie turned and began moving towards the nearest shop. It was only ten paces away, and it was a newspaper stationery shop, the kind that sells almost everything, including sweets and cigars. And what would he do, he whispered quietly to himself. He would buy one luscious bar of chocolate and eat it up, every bit of it. Right then and there, and the rest of the money he would take straight back home and give it to his mother. 
Aw, he's such a nice boy, huh, Pepe? Aw. Are you falling back asleep again? Peyton. Okay, I need you to get to sit up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>